friends, and welcome to the Dimension of Our Midnight Cake, a weekly transmission from the Nexus of Realities. I'm Soltis, and joining me are my friends and fellow transdimensional beings, Beaches. Okay, we open on a heavily forested uh, swamp-like location where we see a grizzled uh, man sitting alone on a log, plucking away at a banjo, and he's, he looks up and says, uh, 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 Hi-ho, I, I want my pig back. <laughs> <laughs> and the title card just says, Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> Lumberdor. That'll do, Pig. That'll do. <laughs> Pig is a 2021 American drama film written and directed by Michael Sarnowski in his featured directorial debut from a story by Vanessa Block and Sarnowski. The film stars Nicolas Cage as a truffle hunter who lives alone in the Oregon wilderness and must return to his past in Portland in search of his beloved foraging pig after she is kidnapped. It also stars Alex Wolf and Adam Arkin. The film has received critical acclaim with praise for its screenplay and Cage's performance. It won an Independent Spirit Award for Best for Screenplay and earned Cage a second nomination for the Critics' Choice Movie Award for Best Actor. Pig is 92 minutes long, was filmed on a budget of $3 million, and grossed just over $4 million at the box office. As with all of our discussions, there will be heavy spoilers throughout. So if this is a film that you're interested in watching, I'd recommend that you stop the transmission now, go see it for yourself, and then come back to the discussion. Speaking of discussions, if you happen to enjoy ours and would like to contribute or contact us, consider visiting our website at ourmidnightcake.com, liking, subscribing, and sharing the transmission with your friends. Our apologies once again to the film Idiocracy, but we've had to bump that to discuss something even more bizarre. Join us next week for our coverage of Moonfall, the 2022 internationally co-produced science fiction disaster film, co-written, directed, and produced by Roland Emmerich. That's right. He's at it again. It's one of those I think I, think I could watch uh, over and over. It, it's for sure not what I was expecting. Right. I enjoyed it. What were you expecting? Let's let's hear that. Murderous rampage from Nicolas Cage because someone stole his pig. I had John Wick expectation. It is the almost the polar opposite. Yeah, which is totally fine, and I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> there was no violence on his part. Right, uh, right. There are only the two Nicolas Cage's character really violent scenes, and and neither of them come from him. What is strange? Like I, I sent that message to you guys that I had after I finished it. The next day, I was still thinking about this movie and working things out. It's one of those movies that you, you just, you, you feel like you have to figure out, right? Yes. Yep. You, you and want, you want to know, did the filmmakers like just trick me into thinking I watched something brilliant or what, what just happened? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because this movie was supposed to be ridiculous. <laughs> right? I mean, the, the premise of... Well, one, it has Nicolas Cage in it, but yes. two, he has a truffle pig, it gets stolen, and then he goes on a quest to retrieve it. <laughs> and we're coming away from a pretty long string of random Nicolas Cage films. Uh, I'm not saying they're all 
they're all bad, but a lot of the ones that are good, like um, uh, what's the one, Mandy, are still they're crazy. Oh, I didn't like that one. I couldn't finish it. Do you think that has something to do with the fact that he's paid off his debts to the IRS? No. Has he? Yes. Yeah, oh. yeah he's, he's paid off his debts to the IRS, oh, and my. now he's able to choose the, his roles instead of just taking anything that he can get. Strangely, I don't know that this is one of these choices, because um, I think a little bit of the magic of this movie was them getting a great actor, which I think Nicolas Cage is a great actor, but for the price of uh, desperate actor. <laughs> <laughs> Because one thing, one of the things I've read about this movie is it has an extremely low budget to the point that they couldn't afford more than one or two takes per scene, which is impressive when you think about what what they came away with. Yeah. Also, did you know this was the director's first film? No, I didn't know that. I mean, what the heck? (laughs) No, he just he just shows up and knocks it out. I mean. Well, yeah, yeah, for for a directorial debut, this is yeah, this is really well done. I think it makes a very clear statement. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you do you do have to let it sit with you for a little while to figure out whether it's a joke or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like I, I'm, I'm still not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is this profound or is it one of the things where they're messing with me? <laughs> they want me to sit there and be intellectual when it's really just a joke (laughs) i felt like it was that one and i'm okay with that (laughs) either way it works it's a very interesting character study with this hermit lives out in the woods completely alone except for his pig he really loves this pig it'll go out on little adventures with him to find truffles and then once a week, this shady dude in a fancy car pulls up. Yeah, I'm not sure how to, how to describe him. Other than, he he yeah. is a, I guess, a wannabe distributor of fine artisanal ingredients. I, yes. I suppose so. Like yeah. his father, who we learn is sort of like the mob boss of said industry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the underbelly of the, the food industry. Yes. The, the discovery of this like Portland foodie scene. <laughs> It's one of the most ridiculous and I think genius parts of this movie. If it isn't, I want it to be true. Yeah. Yes. It's very much, it feels like as you're watching it, at first you're like, well, this can't be what how it really is. And then you're like, it feels so real though. Yeah. It feels like, like there's some truth to this. Okay. So I think you feel like you're starting to get a handle on this movie and then the fight club scene happens and you don't know what to make of this. And I want to know what you guys, um, after having seen it once now, what you guys thought about that? What, what did you feel like was going on? Cause I've read a lot of different, you know, sometimes I think even ridiculous overthought out ideas of, of what this scene was about. I just, I just want to know what your impressions were. I mean, to me, it was that he was, I guess, kind of proving himself that he'd do whatever it takes to get the information he needs. Yeah. Yeah. And that he, uh, even that, even that cost him his life at that point. But Rob comes to Edgar to find this pig because Edgar knows everybody who's anybody and what would be going on, especially if a truffle pig yeah, he's, had. He's really, he's, he's without any leads now. So he's come to this guy who he hopes might have some information. And Edgar straight up tells him, tells Rob that he has no value 
he used to be somebody, but mm-hmm. doesn't exist. And this is the first time that we get the sense of what's the backstory with Rob. But this is the seedy underbelly of the of the food industry. <laughs> and Edgar runs these fights where it seems like it's the opportunity for waiters and uh, line cooks to beat up the chefs. All manner of disgruntled food employees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not allowed to hit back and just for as as long as the timer will run, like a minute or so, I guess, just get waylaid by whoever wants to put in some money <laughs> to do so. Oh, I missed that. So the first fight that happened, did um did that person not strike back at all? No. No, okay. no. There it's a, it's you, a completely you, one sided you, you get paid, you get paid just to take it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got that, but I missed the fact that the first I thought it was just Rob that didn't fight back. So the, the other fight, the guy wasn't fighting back either then. Okay, I had missed that. So Rob shows up to this thing and writes his name, Robin Feld, on the, the yeah. event card. And people start lining up to pay to beat on him. <laughs> yeah. I had read so many ridiculous interpretations of the scene, and I really think it was as simple as that. It was just, yeah, that was him proving that his name meant something still. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's the impression that I got. Yeah. And because of that, and, you know, Edgar made money, he gave him the name and address of the restaurant that would know what was going on with the pig. That leads to my favorite scene. This uh... He dresses down the chef. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, I love that. Oh, yeah. what a fantastic scene. Just that a, that's watching... a great performance from everybody. Watching this chef's face transform as he takes down everything he's doing. <laughs> It was, it was it was great. So it oh, turns out that that Rob is Robin Feld, who was apparently this legendary chef in mm-hmm. in the city. Don't they say at one point that pretty much everything in the whole food scene in Portland owes a debt to him? Yeah. Yes. The shady guy who he's been selling the truffles to is being his chauffeur and driving him around the city while he's going on this errand. And this restaurant that apparently knows something about the pig is supplied with their artisanal ingredients by this kid's father, who has banned his son from having anything to do with this business at all. Now, of course, he says his kid's like not cut out for it, but I think there was a sense that he was kind of cutting in on his his uh, practice. Yes. But this particular scene, you have... This high-end restaurant, you need reservations for... It's the kind of place where the waitress has to tell the story about... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. And the whole it's thing this, with the... It's this uh, gastropub nonsense. He yes. says, like, this is a... I forget the type of wine, but this is like a Pinot from 20 miles away. That sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you get the essence of the food. Everything's deconstructed into its yeah. base elements and terrible... And so paying for the experience instead of uh, what yes. you're actually eating. And after this waitress goes through the whole story of the meal, and <laughs> and she lifts the the little glass case of the of the conifer smoke, and <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Rob just takes a look at the food, <laughs> and picks up a little piece, puts it in his mouth. And then demands to speak with the chef. Which at this point, you still don't know a lot about him. But no, it's pretty no. great because he's obviously some hobo that has walked in from the street still bleeding. And he 
Oh, he yeah. Is disgracing. He's disgracing. <laughs> that, that's something. He's still covered in blood from the fight. That, yeah. That's a little he thing they do took. without actually talking about it is um, that the chef comes in and doesn't even, you know, doesn't pay him a bit of attention, attention because, as you said, he's just this hobo mm-hmm. from off the street that somehow managed to score a reservation here. Yeah. And it's not until he looks in his face and he, knows he just he immediately like, like Ari, Ari's the guy's name, I think says, tell him who you are. And once he looks in his face, he doesn't have to tell him. He's like, yeah, you're, you're Robin. <laughs> yeah. And then he asks if he needs medical attention. <laughs> he had obviously kind of like built himself up as this elite person. And he really wasn't that he was just hiding behind all this fancy food scene and then rob comes in and you know he's he like, was oh, just, I remember you know you. like you so many people do he was doing what he felt like had to be done to be uh successful and important yeah rather than what he really in, enjoyed yeah but it turns out that the chef of this restaurant used to work for robin feld Mm. but was fired after two months because he couldn't not overcook the pasta. The whole thing is so wonderful and painful to watch at the same time. And you get cuts back and forth between Rob, the chef, and the kid who's just watching all this take place. <laughs> it's, it's really well done. Uh, even in that moment, this, the kid is still like, who are you? Yeah, yeah. he is. Because he's like, <laughs> the chef is starting out real cocky and all, and then he's he's smiling. And then that, that smile like slowly just droops further and further down his face. I do. I think that's what I like most about the scene is that transformation in his face. Yes. Rob just starts asking him questions about what he wanted to do. What, what, the, what was the restaurant that he wanted to open when he was fired? He talked with this guy that he fired after two months about his future. And where he wanted to go. I like that bit about his character that he didn't just fire the guy. He fired him and then asked him what he really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. The chef almost has a breakdown. Oh, yeah, he does. With this, I don't know, coming to terms with he's a fraud, basically, for Mm. everything in his life. The whole scenario is a fraud. Yeah. Everything about it. The the food critics, the the customers, Mm -hmm. the, the food itself. And then you get to the point of the chef's confession where he confesses that he wanted to open up a pub, uh, an English pub uh-huh. that specialized in scotch eggs yeah. and <laughs> just, and, and pub food. And there's still this sense that he, you know, he's trying to keep up that, that he believes that it's an absolutely ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. And nobody uh, wants no, that. No, 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 that, that was stupid. Nobody investment. would want that. Yeah. Yeah. It would, it would be terrible, <laughs> but that, like, that sounds like a good place. You can, you can really enjoy finally see him i think crack when uh he asked him like his signature dish was gonna be mm-hmm. and he just it just falls out of his mouth and he laughs a little <laughs> and it's like he remembers that feeling of when he wanted that yeah when he just wasn't trying to please people mm-hmm. what do you want to do what do you want to be you don't yeah, that's what he kept asking him. what everybody else thinks or about what everybody says is the most popular the chef kept going back to that everybody loves this. Everybody loves this. Everybody loves mm-hmm, what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves this restaurant. And Rob's just looking around like, like really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just really strong performance from all three actors. And yes. I mean, even from the two that aren't really even saying anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's well directed, it's well staged. The camera placement is great you get little shots of of rob from over the shoulder 
of the chef while the chef is downing wine <laughs> while Rob's oh, talking yeah. to him about, <laughs> about oh, his and the brilliant and the brilliant thing about him asking him what the concept is and the concept of the restaurant is deconstruction mm-hmm. and that's what he proceeds to do mm-hmm. with the whole he, <laughs> oh yeah that's great but that's one good thing I, I, that's one thing i really liked about rob's character was that he had this and a lot of it was through food but he had this way of getting to people like to their I guess to their true self or whatever. And you see that multiple times throughout the movie in different ways, but not like doing it out of like meanness, but just like, so they'll kind of see who they are. That's an interesting point that I hadn't quite considered was that Rob will use food to reveal the truth about people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that whole scene with his, the kid's father later on towards the end of the movie, it's like, one, he said, he, you know, I think he said it early on, but you get to see it again towards the end when that scene comes up that, you know, he said he remembered every meal that he's ever cooked or who he cooked it for, that sort of thing. He uses it to really break the dad down later. Which sounds, like, po- it sounds like garbage, like every meal for every person, but there's, you know, there's love in it for him. Yeah, it's not just about the food. Well, there are hints throughout the movie that Rob has a photographic memory with the dad and this special meal that he has this kid go and get all these special ingredients for. Now, this is one of the moments where you might go, oh, this is where it's, you know, he's refused to give him the pig. You know, he's offered him all this ridiculous money. He said, you know, if you keep trying, I'm going to I'm going to trap her up in the bacon. Mm -hmm. And this is the point where you're like, "Okay, are we going John Wick like, now. Yeah, is, is this the turn? Is this yeah. where he's been pushed <laughs> and, too far? And even when he, he tells Ari, I need, you, I need you to get some stuff. And it goes in such an opposite direction from what you would expect. Yeah, I totally expect him to show up with that list of ingredients. And there's like, you know, a, a chainsaw somewhere in there between the cracked <laughs> eggs and the, and the artisanal uh, bread. <laughs> or at least like when he like poison the guy and have an antidote <laughs> if he gives him the pig back or something. Yeah. Some yeah. crap like that. <laughs> But no, he takes all the care, the best ingredients, and... You find out a little bit more about him and his uh, his wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what I assume was the same wine that the kid's dad and his wife had <laughs> from their all special meal. Ago. The one yeah. time, yeah, all those years ago, the one time that the kid saw them happy. He makes a point of telling him that Ari found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's just a magnificent meal. And it brings back, I, I'm guessing, everything he felt from yeah, that the, night. The night of that yeah. special yeah. meal that he had with his wife when he was happy. So, but the way he can't even finish it, he's he's got to yeah. leave and uh, open up some scotch or something. Dilute the taste liquor. of happiness with scotch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, at that point, I mean, the guy is a little transformed. He seems truly remorseful for yeah. what he has to tell robin now he really the, did yeah the pig actually died in the hands of the tweakers Tweakers. <laughs> yeah they were too rough and pig didn't make it and then to see robin's reaction and, and how that just wrecks him he just collapses oh that's yeah. the i swear to the second time i've had to cry over this stupid fake pig <laughs> <laughs> when was the first time well, the first time I watched the movie. <laughs> I just enough as an earlier scene when they first no, no. I th- it got this scene, it just got me again. I love how it just goes all quiet and you just yep. see him 
Yeah, there's there's no audio. You see him for break down and a bit just has this profound effect on him. I've heard some people say this could be like one of his best movies. I think some people like we've had so much up and down from him that people forget that he's done a lot of good stuff. Oh, he has. Yes. I was looking forward to uh, Doug being in on this one. I, I don't I mean, not that we never all really enjoy something, but I was looking forward to discussing something we all definitely seem to enjoy. Yeah, and he he enjoyed it so much he suggested it too. So yeah. Which that's another reason I think I expected it to be something different because he normally goes for like all the great like horror movie stuff. And I think that's also what confused me. Well, not confused me, but just changed what I expected of it. <laughs> I think I think this has got some of like the bananas weirdness that he likes about certain horror things. Oh yeah. I've heard it said that the ultimate theme of this film is loss. I'm trying to think if I I agree with that. I think maybe even more than just loss, it was about deciding to move forward from loss. Yeah. So it to me, it seems ultimately like the pig is kind of a stand-in for him dealing with the grief over his wife. Oh, yeah. I mean, the pig is his emotional support animal. And there's a thing he says about, uh, you know, if he hadn't gone after her, she'd still be alive in his mind, which is true. Um, but then Ari says, you know, but of course, she she really wouldn't be. And that it's probably, I mean, ultimately painful, but better that he tackled that. Yeah. So we go back to something we maybe didn't even really think about at the beginning. You know, he, he clearly asked for batteries for this radio. Yes. But he could not bring himself to listen to this recording of his wife. Yeah. And when he goes home, he, he pops the tape in and, and decides to listen to it. It seems that life does go on for these people and hopefully they're better for it. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor. Beaches and Doug. Thank you and good night. Okay. Sultis is coughing. He's coughing off off mic. <laughs> Great. Now we got to sure edit it sound out. Sure, it sounds very gross. <laughs> gross enough to use the mute button. <laughs> All right. Well, might as well get started. <clears throat> All right, take one. Hello, friends. I'm do this more welcome than to the damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 we are. <laughs> Old six take Lumbador. <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny, but I did. Because <laughs> it was genuine. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Hello, friends, and welcome. Are to you the sure you're ready? Our dog. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was going to be our good take. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna oh. even make it through this first Zoom. Uh.
we only have 40 minutes here since the first person joins in. <laughs> That's 38 more bad takes to go. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.